Welcome to this week's Heathcliff. My name is Dave. This is the podcast where I describe and analyze the single panel comics for the syndicated cartoon Heathcliff every week. Um, still getting caught up on the comics I didn't describe while I was busy uh, earlier this month on a bunch of um, unfortunate stuff. Um, I'm less busy on that now, so I'm working my way through, hoping to get caught up soon. And this week, I'll be discussing the comics uh, for the week of uh, November 12th. Um, So let's just, you know, get into it, as you do. This is the comic for Monday, November 12th. 2018, as always, you can read along on GoComics' webpage, gocomics.com slash Heathcliff, or just, you know, listen to me talk about it. We're in the backyard at night. Uh, It's the usual backyard setup where the pink home at Heathcliff lives in is visible over a white picket fence. And then in the background, there's some other uh, suburban signifiers. Um, The white picket fence is roughly halfway up the panel. Heathcliff is atop it. So he is just dead center in the panel. We can tell that it is night because the night signifier, namely uh, the, um, the moon as visible in front of a black cloud, uh, that is visible. The sky is also slightly darker blue than normal. So Heathcliff is on top of the fence. In the, like I said in the background, we can see the um, the house he lives in, and we can see the three figures he lives with: the old man, the old woman, and the young child are all uh, visible through the upper window of the home. Um, then. Uh, in the lower portion of the panel, with their backs to us, is a mass of bluish cats, um, and and we can see that they are, that that at least half of them are laughing because they are canted slightly, as as with a lot of things that are drawn en masse, uh, the in Heathcliff, there's just a, a swatch of color sort of tossed on the panel, and then some lines uh, that indicate cat heads drawn over it. Um, uh, in uh, so they're they're laughing. They're they're looking at Heathcliff and laughing. Um, Heathcliff is performing for them, something comedic. In the upper corner of the panel, where the house is and the three people watching Heathcliff are, um, the old man is leaning out uh, behind the old woman and uh, the the child. Uh, his mouth is open. Uh, so he's providing the caption to the panel. The old woman looks angry uh, and is covering the young child's ears. The young child is standing in front of her, um, sort of at hip height, and she's got her hands over his ears as if she's just, uh, as if she's heard something that that she finds disagreeable and doesn't want a child to hear. So then. Uh, we come back to Heathcliff. And Heathcliff, like I said, is atop the fence performing for these cats. He's seated 
So somehow he's managed to balance a chair on this fence. No small feat there. Um, and on his lap is a smaller Heathcliff. Um, it's a little darker in color. And its mouth is also open, but it is not providing the caption for the panel. We can tell because we can see what is exiting its mouth, and what's exiting its mouth are a bunch of uh, cursing symbols, you know, uh, the, the, the sort of thing that stands in for a curse in a comic. Um, so there's a star, there's a hash mark, there's um, a curly Q, um, the type of thing that you put in there when you don't want to say shit or fuck or whatever. All right, so clearly uh, Little Heathcliff is cursing uh, while seated on Big Heathcliff's knee. This has offended the sensibilities of the elderly woman who's covering the uh, young child's ears. And like I said, uh, the older man standing behind them is leaning around them and providing the caption for the panel. And the caption is... Most ventriloquists work blue. A few things to unpack here. So, um, is that true? Um, my impression of ventriloquism is that it is a creepy art and one that, uh, um, I don't quite understand, but it's also... Uh, viewed typically as pretty, uh, at least in my, you know, in my impression of it, is viewed as, as pretty square um, and not particularly blue, blue being a, a comedic term of art for, um, for uh, you know, raw, raunchy, cursy uh, comedy. And um, also, by the way, kudos uh, for the use of a term of art as opposed to whatever else you could say in this panel. That's pretty hip, uh, Peter Gallagher. Um, but I, I don't, I, maybe, maybe that is something that ventriloquists are known for doing and I'm just not aware of it. Um, but I am unaware that most ventriloquists work blue. Um, the cats seem to love it. So good for them. Uh, There's no indication, except for the use of the term ventriloquist, that the smaller Heathcliff perched on Heathcliff's knee is, in fact, a ventriloquism dummy. It looks identical to Heathcliff. There's no articulation to the joints. There's no indication that Heathcliff is, you know, has a paw up its back or anything or is in any way manipulating it. Um, and I do, I wonder if that's intentional or just... Uh, some weird artistic choice or just the actual uh, statement is this is not actually a ventriloquist dummy. Heathcliff just found a smaller version of himself that's got a foul mouth and has started in an act and, you know, is scamming people. Weird scam, though, because um, now you got to you got to pay twice, you know, like you got to pay your quote unquote dummy and you got to. How are you even making money? I mean, these cats can go and come and go as they please. Um, yeah. Okay. 
that. This one also sort of muddies the water on whether Heathcliff can talk or not. Uh, If he is um, actively acting as a ventriloquist, then he can, at least in certain circumstances, um, and he chooses to do so um, here. Or if he's not, well, then we just don't know. But it is a sort of running question for me as to whether Heathcliff can actually speak and to whom he can speak and who can understand him. All right. Well, anyway, let's move on to the comic for Tuesday, November 13th. And um, we're, in a, we're in a new place, a place we have not, that I'm aware of, seen before. Um wherever it is, it doesn't appear to be close to where Heathcliff lives. Um, in the background, we can see mountains. And indeed, it looks like we are at the top of a mountain, which would make sense because uh, taking up most of the panel is um, a, uh, a telescope, a giant uh, domed telescope, like, a, like uh, the type you see uh, on top of, um, you know, Hawaiian uh, volcanic mountains. Um, so it's a big dome with a, with an, uh, you know, little, um, nub coming off of it that it signifies the, um, lens of the telescope. And indeed plastered across the, uh, top of the entryway to this telescope is the word observatory, just in case it wasn't driven home for you. Uh, standing, uh, in front of that entryway is a man. He's wearing a lab coat, black pants, black tie. He's bald. He's got glasses on. Classic scientist. Standing in front of him with his back to us is Heathcliff. His hands are behind his back. He's looking up at the, at the guy, the science guy. The science guy's mouth is open. It's nighttime. The stars are in the sky. The moon's in the sky. Um, so Heathcliff has walked up to this observatory or taken his cat car there, more likely. And, uh, he's gone there to ask a question of this science man. And the science man is responding. His, his mouth is open. Now they've decided to meet outside of the observatory and the science guy does not have any, uh, you know, uh, documentation or anything else that he wants to show Heathcliff, and that's a little weird. But you know, what? Uh, it's all what it is, you know. Um, the like I said, the science guy is is providing the caption, and he says, "Still no luck finding that cat planet." Why would Heathcliff want to find a cat planet, I wonder? Is he lonely? Does he want to find a new place to be? Wouldn't that just sort of increase his loneliness? I mean, we found, we've, we've been scanning 
the cosmos, we've gotten pretty granular in our ability to find planets outside of our own um, solar system. And we've seen no sign of life on any of them, though, you know, we, we can't... We So far, we've taken very few direct images of a planet outside of our solar system that I'm aware of, and certainly not at any um, resolution that would um, reveal a lot of details. But, you know, we can search for radio waves. We can... We can I'm sure we have any number of ways of establishing that life may exist on a planet, and so far we've been unsuccessful. Oh, my wife's calling. One moment. And we're back. Sorry about that. We had to talk about our uh, Christmas travel plans, which... Hooray. I was uh, busy uh, prattling on about uh, the ability to find uh, extraterrestrial life, um, which we don't have very much of. And then I was about to transition into, well, like, if we even could find uh, extraterrestrial life and establish it, what would a cat planet even look like? Because cats, um, they need food sources, and the only thing that keeps cats cat food sources alive, uh, cat food sources alive is, uh, uh, something killing the cats, uh, because cats, feral ones, uh, kill everything. They're known for it. Uh, if a cat comes into an area, it will destroy the entirety of the rodent population and the entirety of the bird population and they'll just have to leave and go elsewhere to survive if nothing is hunting the cat because uh, cats kill for fun. It's one of the creepy things about them. So, um, a cat planet would rather rapidly run out of uh, sources of food and likely turn to cannibalism. Heathcliff wants to go there. Because of course he does. Here's the comic for what, Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday, November 14th, 2018. Um... (laughs) Sure. Okay. So we're in uh, the the home Heathcliff lives in. We're in a room I don't think we've seen before, but it's off the kitchen. The kitchen uh, in the background we can see through a sort of like open um, arch way between rooms. We can see there's a refrigerator, a screened back door, um, a counter. And then in the room we're in, um, there's, uh, some sort of piece of furniture that's drawn in the background, but it's not entirely clear what it is. The perspective on this is also warped. This is one I, I, I think you should go and look at if you can, because what happens, we're looking right at the corner 
like that's in the center of the panel, looking right at the corner of the room, and uh, the top of the ceiling of the room meets that corner in a rational way, but the bottom, the the, the floor corners uh, don't. One of them is skewed mo- many degrees off of uh, uh, sort of what would imply parallel to the ceiling. And that means that uh, the house is, it, it, it kind of gives you a headache if you look at it. Um, uh, and it, it appears in some fashion to possibly be peeling off of itself. So it's a little queasy inducing, uh, but what's happening in the panel is kind of fun. Um, the elderly woman who lives with Heathcliff, um, she's wearing a her purple skirt suit thing, ruffled white shirt underneath. She's in white high heels. She is in her home right now. And the only thing she's trying to impress is her cat because that's the only other creature in the panel. And that's, I mean, kudos for, to hers for still getting dressed up at her age and i don't mean that as an ageist statement it's just like i right now am wearing sweats and i'm 40 and i'm sitting on my couch and i uh i'm gonna go out to work in a little bit and i'm not gonna be wearing much better clothing than what i've got on right now just more of it because it's cold uh but this woman uh, in spite of the fact that she's probably of retiree age, she's certainly drawn that way, gets up every morning and puts on her purple skirt suit and her high heels. Totally unnecessary. Not a fan of heels generally. Like, that seems like something that people do to hurt themselves. But, okay, kudos. She does that. She wants to look her best. She, in fact, looks good. Uh, she's angry. You can tell that from the panel, the way she's drawn. In this panel, she's angry. Now, the other creature, as I said, in the panel is Heathcliff. Heathcliff is floating. Heathcliff's floating in the air, uh, out, headed out of the room towards the kitchen. And he has blown a gum bubble. We have seen this before in previous episodes. He's blown a gum bubble, and he's using that to float away. Um one of the things that this implies is that Heathcliff breathes helium or some other lighter-than-oxygen uh, uh, gas. He ex- at the least, he exhales it, so his, his, um, his lungs are not normal. Um, it's unclear how he's alive. Good for him. Anyway... He's exiting the room via bubble, uh, floating probably six feet off the ground. The woman is angrily calling after him. Her hands are on her hips. She's got a frown on her face. and She's yelling. And uh, what she's saying is, this discussion is not over a young man. The disrespect that Heathcliff is showing here is uh, kind of funny, kind of mean, kind of sad. Um, just the way he's 
Like he could just like he's a cat. He could just walk out of the room or run out of the room or hop away. Or he could try another strategy if he's in trouble. You know, cats will cuddle up to you or be cute or whatever um, uh, to sort of uh, manipulate you. Um, he is not doing any of that. He's he's decided like to blow to get out gum, chew the gum, blow a bubble, and float out of the room. It's just this giant f u to this woman, and mo uh, like who like everybody else lives I'm sure in consistent terror of him, but who has overcome that fear in order to confront him about something, and that's something he uh and he's so profoundly disrespecting her right now. And because Heathcliff never talks, like, you know, with Garfield, when Garfield's like, eh, John, what a drip, um, it still leaves, like, uh, room for Garfield every so often to show, to, to, to state affection. Um, but Heathcliff, we only see him by his deeds. And his deeds are universally disrespectful. And mean, if not downright violent and cruel. Let's move on. Thursday, November 15th, 2018. What the actual fuck is happening here? (laughs) Is this real? Uh, Wow, okay, we're in the city. Uh... It's drawn in sort of this uh, way that where you can see multiple streets sort of like vanishing into the distance, like intersecting with each other. There's a lot of people in the panel. Actually, there's only four people and two cats. But um, just uh, take me at my word. There's a lot of city signifiers here uh, and people walking on uh, sidewalks. So we got. Uh, the woman we often see who's a friend of the elderly woman, she's just sort of walking through, um, or someone who looks like her. She's wearing her skirt suity thing and holding her handbag. We got a guy in the far background who's got on a purple coat. And then two people standing together in the background who are um, a man and a woman. They look like they're a couple, um... Uh, the man's got on a suit and um, a gray overcoat. The woman also has a an overcoat on and then a skirt. They're both pink. Um, then in the in the lower part of the panel, um, Heathcliff and uh, the the cat who is often shown as Heathcliff's girlfriend, um, who he's usually shown like kind of forcefully kissing it seems like consensual but he's always shown dipping her and kissing her um you usually after punching somebody um i don't i don't usually talk about the sunday comics much because they're not single panel and that would be just an, an extraordinary amount of description to do but um 
often there'll be a montage in them and like one of them will like show one panel will show him punching out a dog and the next panel he'll be dipping that white cat with a pink bow on and kissing her um that's the dynamic of their relationship but in this um Heathcliff and her are just walking down the street sort of side by side on their rear legs they can walk like humans um and every character every every human and or cat we can see in this panel has a fishbowl on its head with an expressionless single green fish floating in it. Balancing a fishbowl on their head. And in the background, the couple I mentioned who are just sort of standing there, not walking, just observing, they're also wearing fishbowls on their heads. Everybody is. The man is speaking, and he says to the woman, I like this town. I guess so. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this. It kind of stands alone as a work of art, which it almost, which it assuredly is. So I don't want to touch it too hard. Go look at it. Appreciate it, as I do. I will say it is a panel that does not require Heathcliff in any way. But I kind of appreciate that, too. And I'm going to move on from it. The comic for uh, November 16th, 2018... Uh, that's Friday, November 16th, 2018. So um, I feel a little, uh, a little seen here, maybe even a little implicated. Uh, I've mentioned in the past, I think, on this podcast that I am a dog walker by trade. I've mentioned in the past as well, not being sure that Gallagher does or does not read uh, or listen or listen to this podcast I, I I somewhat doubt it um, but well, I'll just describe what's happening here the typical suburban sidewalk setup uh, we got the sidewalk we got the houses in the background we got the tree with the two birds Heathcliff is walking down the, 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 the sidewalk away from us, and for once he's walking on all four, four paws. And I think that uh, is um, to keep him low, because a lot is happening in the middle, upper part of the panel. Uh, the birds are the Greek chorus here. They're commenting on what's happening. What's happening is... There's a man standing in the middle of the panel. He's got blue jeans on, white white sneakers, red shirt. And 
he has six dogs with him, all of which are on leashes, three attached to his right hand, three attached to his left hand. But the dogs are not on the sidewalk. The dogs are all on his upper body, on his shoulders, his head, his upper back. There is a yellow one, a gray one, two brown ones, a light brown one, and a white one. They're all, they've all clearly jumped up onto him as high as they can go, and they're all looking down at Heathcliff, who's walking by, not paying them any mind. So, clearly, they're scared of Heathcliff, which is rational. Bird says to the other bird, the caption of the panel, which is, Dog Walker. Doesn't really say anything about the dog walker, whether he's a good dog walker or a bad dog walker. Doesn't really say anything about dogs, except that they'd be scared of Heathcliff's, which is, like I said, a totally rational thing to be. Um, but I do kind of like this idea of saying, well, if Heathcliff is true, what else is true? If Heathcliff is a violent sociopath who hates dogs... What does that mean for your average working stiff in the heathcliff averse? you know? Who does this impact? Well, it would impact dog walkers, that's for sure. Seems like a dog walker worth his money would, would have crossed the street if, uh, if he saw Heathcliff coming, but maybe Heathcliff surprised him. It's also, I mean, six is a lot of dogs. I don't think I would walk that many at once. But some do. This guy did. Learned the hard way not to, I guess. <sighs> Let's move on. Heathcliff comic for Jan November 17th, 2018. Okay. Uh, we're in, I think, the living room of the house Heathcliff lives in. Um, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 cats plus Heathcliff, so 13 cats. That seems like a significant number if you're, if you're into, I don't know, the numerology of Heathcliff. Um, they're seated on or around a couch. Um, most of them are focusing their attention towards the television. We can't see what's on it. TV is facing away from us. But they're also kind of focusing their attention on Heathcliff, who seems to be seated in the center of the couch and kind of the life of the party. For this is a party. We can see there's... Um, uh, you, you, we can tell music's playing by notes floating in the air. There's pizza. There's a crumpled up cup on the ground, so these guys may have been drinking. Several of them, including Heathcliff, are smoking cigars, which seems like a terrible thing for a cat to do. In the lower panel corner, there's uh, um, there's me at a party. There's a there's a there's a cat just lying on its back playing with um, yarn, not 
interacting with any other cats. There's an, uh, uh, there are three cats dancing on top of the couch. Cat is eating pizza. They seem to be chatting, having a good time. That doesn't seem terribly rowdy. In fact, one of the cats is, is drawn as asleep. Again, they are smoking cigars, which is not a great look for cats, but cats are going to cat. Coming through uh, the um, archway, passageway that seems to exist in this home and for every room are the elderly man and woman who actually live here and who presumably pay the taxes and or mortgage on this place. Um, but they don't seem to have a lot of control over it. The uh, man's mouth is open. He's speaking to the woman. And he provides a panel, which is catastrophe. It's such an obvious pun for a cat-based comic. And I wonder if this is one that's been used before in this comic. Um, I have to imagine it has. But also, this doesn't seem particularly catastrophic. There's, like I say, as, as parties go... This one seems pretty mild. I'm going to have to do something about the smoke, but that's all right. doesn't even seem to be particularly late at night. Like I said, one of the cats is just asleep, like just hanging out, being asleep. They're just hanging out. They're just having a time. I don't know why you would burn the catastrophe pun on this scene. But, I mean, panels need a punchline. I think part of the lesson of Heathcliff is, like, Peter Gallagher, I imagine, feels kind of, you know, a slave to the format. Like, you have to draw something, and you have to caption it. Why can't I just draw a cat party? Why do I have to caption it? Why can't this cat party just stand alone? It's kind of a nice work of art. It's kind of nice that it's happening. Nope. Needs a caption. Somebody has to be saying something about it or speaking to it in some way. Well, what speaks to that? Cat party? That's just a description of it. Sometimes I feel like Gallagher is like legitimately rebelling against the form within the form by having his... Um, uh, captions speak so directly to what's happening or just not address it at all. And this may be one of those cases. Well, regardless, got through another week catching up. Uh, hopefully we'll be fully caught up soon. Thanks for sticking with me through this project. As always, please do not rate or review this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts, or Podbean, or whatever else you use to receive this. I very much appreciate that you do listen to it, but um, I, I really don't, don't like um, that. As always, you can email me anything you like at yourpalgarbageape at gmail.com. And I really do appreciate that you listen. And I hope you have a wonderful time until next I, uh, I record. Okay, I'll talk to you soon.